What makes Rose Cleaners the best in dry cleaning? They do my laundry the way I like it. The wonderful customer service. Personal quality. I have some things I like done with my clothes that I ask for, and it's always done. They do good work. I just love Rose Cleaners. Very excellent customer service, and uh, they've made me very happy since I've been here. They've got friendly employees when you walk in, and um, they haven't lost any of my clothes in 19 years. Rose Cleaners, serving San Antonio for over 20 years. And now a word from one of our Bible Live sponsors. Our company is so proud and excited to sponsor the Bible Live. As a businessman, I have to make decisions every day about how to best invest time, personnel, and resources for the best return and results. The scriptures say there are two things on earth that will last forever, God's word and the souls of people. It's my hope that you, your family, your church, and perhaps even your business will pray about giving a tax-deductible donation to the Bible Live at this time. Together, let's expand this historic broadcast of the scriptures to other cities across our nation, a sound investment for both time and eternity. You can donate by credit card at the Bible Live website www.thebiblelive.com or mail your check for the Bible Live to P.O. Box 18888 that's P.O. Box 18888 San Antonio, Texas 78218 Welcome to the Bible Live Quiz Hour It's time to test and grow your knowledge of the Bible. Have fun and win valuable prizes and resources for yourself, your family, your church, or favorite ministry. Here's how it works. Listen to the Bible Live Scripture Reading Program. Weeknights at 8. Not a program about the Bible, the Bible itself. Hear a 15 to 20 minute reading each weeknight. The entire Bible every year. Then on Sunday nights at 9, join us here for the Bible Live Quiz Hour. Sophie will ask questions from the past week's Bible Live leads. You call in with the correct answers and you win. It's just that simple. So get out your Bible, put on your thinking cap, and hit that speed dial. Because here's the host of the Bible Live. Your Apache Indian scout through the book of books, Soapy Dollar. And Jacob will be with us a little bit later as we continue our way through the scriptures. Every year we read uh, through the entire Bible, as you just heard. We read this past week, 1 Chronicles chapter 5 through chapter 24. So almost all of our reading this past week came from the book of First Chronicle in the Old Testament, the Tanakh, the Hebrew Scriptures. And so there we go. That's got us a little louder there. We are going to be asking you questions that come from First Chronicles 5 through 24. But this first segment of the program tonight, I want to have a very special conversation with you and talk with a very special individual uh, who is... Actually, my new boss, the director, the new national director for Crew Military, Campus Crusade for Christ, Crew Military Ministry, and his name is Keith Morgan. He is a retired colonel, 26 years of active duty, and he's going to be joining us this evening via the phone line. Uh, Keith, are you with me? Yes, I am, Soapy. I'm glad you're there. Thank you. It worked. I'm always amazed when the technology works and we're able to visit um, 
speak right into that telephone as best you can. Maybe we're, it doesn't come quite as loud as I would like to hear you myself, but I think folks are able to hear you, Keith. Welcome to San Antonio, by the way. Thank you. It's so good to be here, Sophie, and especially on your radio program. Thank well, you so much. I am so thrilled that we get a chance to visit with you and to, you know, we started a year or two ago, Keith, as we moved our ministry with Campus Crusades. Suzanne and I uh, have been part of that staff for over 40 years uh, here and around the world. It's just been a thrilling, thrilling experience, life experience uh, of ministry. But uh, about six to eight years ago, we began our involvement, our direct involvement with the military ministry of Campus Crusade for Christ, or crew as it's come to be known now. And it is one of the most exciting, one of the most thrilling experiences of our lives. We feel like that here in the the last year of the or the after so many decades of ministry, God has put us in this position where it's extraordinary position of fruitfulness and of seeing men and women come to Christ. Uh, it's probably one of the premier or the most uh, fruitful uh, ongoing evangelistic ministries of anywhere in the world. What's happening right here in sleepy little old San Antonio, Texas? And it's all part of the crew military ministry uh, um, organization, part of Campus Crusade for Christ. And now you are active. Du- you have been active duty 26 years in the United States Army. And in the first place, we need to say thank you so much, uh, Keith, for your service to our country. Uh, that just I'm always in awe of you guys who have been willing to put your lives in harm's way and 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 uh, kind of subordinate your other life dreams and and uh, aspirations to a life of service to our country. It's an amazing thing, and I really want to thank you and and uh, for those years of service. On behalf of not only me but all of our listeners, we are Military City USA, they call San Antonio, and we have an appreciation for what you've done. Tell me a little bit about that. Could you, Keith, a little bit about how you um, – uh, you have this kind of a combination now of a young man who has a serious commitment to Christ and to following the Lord, but also a commitment to serving the country. How did those two get mixed, and uh, what was your your years of service? What what kinds of things were you involved in? Yeah, well, thank you very much, Soapy, for, again, for the opportunity to be on the program today. And first, let me say, it's no accident that you and Suzanne are serving here in the San Antonio area, and now specifically at the Gateway Basic Training location at Lackland Air Force Base, God is clearly using the two of you to provide great leadership here at the Gateway to impact literally thousands of airmen for Christ over the last two years. Yeah, we have to pinch ourselves every weekend. I'm telling you the (laughs) truth, Keith. You were there this morning and saw these young men and women as they come in, and it is an astounding thing. We, It's it's wonderful, but I do appreciate your kind words. We're thrilled to be a part of it. Well, thank you very much. Well, as far as our, our journey uh, goes, um, first of all, let me just tell you that I'm married to Sharon Collier Morgan, and we just celebrated our 30th anniversary uh, this past September. I tell folks that uh, we got married when Sharon was in elementary school. She doesn't look uh, old enough to have been married 30 years. I do, but she doesn't. Well, I tell um, you, she is a jewel. I, I is, promise you. She's a special gift to me, that's for sure. Um, but my journey in the military started years ago <clears throat> when I was encouraged by my father to join Army ROTC. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I thought, okay, you know, I'll give it a try. And, and it sort of took, it connected with me. And, uh, and I had become a Christian uh, when I was a, 
a senior in high school, and so I knew that my faith was going to play a role during my period in ROTC and then later on as a commissioned officer. So when, um, you, was, when you came to Christ at that young age as, as a teenager, it was a pretty, it was a serious commitment, evidently. It was a serious commitment for me. Um, I had been a church attender uh, most of my life up until that point, and I knew something about God, but I wouldn't say that I knew him personally, and it was because of a young lady that I started dating as a senior in high school who openly shared her faith with me, and I began to realize that it wasn't just enough for me to know about God. I needed to to make a commitment to him, to put him on the throne of my life, as I never had before. And so uh, after going to um, an evangelistic meeting, uh, I learned that I needed to make what I would call the 18-inch trip from my head down to my heart and to place my trust and faith in him for the very first time. And it really was transformational for me, even as Mm. a senior in high school. And Mm. then later in college, I was discipled through Campus Crusade for Christ. And so I've got deep roots that go into crew uh, way back when I was in college and uh, made such a powerful impression on me that I knew that when I became an officer, when I was commissioned as a second lieutenant, that not only would I be an ambassador for the military, I would also be an ambassador for Christ. Mm. And so I've had the pleasure of serving Christ throughout my 26 years of active duty, uh, most of that time in the human resources field. And then in the Later years of my career, uh, Sharon and I began to feel a tug towards a vocational ministry, and it essentially started after we had gone through some marriage counseling, believe it or not. <laughs> uh, we went through a season of our marriage where we weren't connecting very well. Uh, we weren't on the verge of going over the cliff, but we knew that we weren't healthy in our marriage, and so we sought some counseling, and God used that to revive and renew our marriage in a powerful way, and uh, it really opened our eyes to the possibility of ministering to military couples full-time uh, in ministry. So um, about three years before I retired, we came on as volunteer, what we call associate staff with crew military, and uh, and that helped to prepare us eventually to come on full-time. So when I retired, uh, the very next day, uh, we were on full-time staff with crew military. Well, I'll be. doing this now for 10 years. I'll be. That's a, that's a quick transition. I tell you, when you and Sharon shared this morning, you were, you came and visited a number of our classes that we have, uh, 12 or 13 classes every hour for three hours, uh, on Sunday mornings. It's just a remarkable thing. But I could tell when you shared in the classroom, uh, I was teaching one of our uh, classes called our Echo classes, a six-week trainees, trainees that are in their sixth week. And when you shared, you and Sharon shared with them, there was this genuineness. There was this, there was this, a willingness to really come down and meet them at the human level, as uh, you know, one beggar telling another beggar where you found bread. And I found that so refreshing. I, I was so excited the, the response to you guys, and one of the trainees even taking time to pray for you. And you, I had introduced you as our new director with Crew Military, and uh, here was one of the basic trainees taking time. Would you mind if I pray for you, sir? And I was so touched by that. That's that's the way you you touch these young men and women, and I, I'm I, I'm excited about that, and I want to commend you for that that humility and that that approachability. That's an exciting thing to see well, in a national you. director. Thank you so much, Sophie. Yeah, that was a special moment, certainly not expected. But we love our military, and we've walked in their shoes. Uh, my wife, Sharon, is an Air Force brat, yeah. uh, coming up in an Air Force family, and myself, 
serving on active duty in the Army part of that time as a single officer and then later married. And so we feel like we can relate to many of the experiences that these airmen and, and others serving in the armed forces are experiencing. You know, we speak fluent military, and obviously <laughs> we love the Lord, and it's a great combination to blend the two together. Well, this is Military City USA, and it is true that the being a part of the United States military, whether it's the uh, Air Force or the Marines, the Army or the or, or the, the Navy or, or, or the Coast Guards, being a part, it is a culture of its own. You said you you speak speak military ease, and that, that's true. There is a there is a military culture that's very distinct from the general uh, civilian culture, and uh, you know it well. I I could tell that even uh, from this morning as well, from having observed you working and talking with these young men and women. Tell us a little bit about the scope of the military ministry, the crew military ministry at this time. You you're kind of coming on to um, a moving train, you're moving, you know, you're jumping on a horse that's already running and galloping. And uh, our our gateway ministries is one part of that. But then you have ministries to, uh, you know, gateways means you're dealing with uh, recruits for all four branches of the military, uh, uh, for the, whether it's uh, Paris Island and, and uh, San Diego with the Marines or up in the Naval Yards and so on. Uh, tell us about the scope of crew military Ministry and what kinds of what kind of ministry are you now called to oversee? That's a great question, Sophie, and thanks for giving me the opportunity to talk a little bit about crew military. Sure. Um, just so your listeners know, we're about to celebrate our 50th anniversary for crew wow. military this summer. And, uh, and if any of the listeners want to learn a little bit more about crew military, you can go to our website at crewcrumilitary.org. But we've got about 70 full-time staff, and just over 200 volunteers serving across the entire ministry, Uh, most of that staff coming under the national side, uh, which is what I'm the director for. Uh Um, But as you said, we are spread out. Um, You might want to think of the the minister here in the U.S. broken up into three different lanes of ministry. Uh, What you're involved in being the gateway ministry where we minister at all the basic training location for the services is one part of that. So in addition to Lackland Air Force Base, where we've got the basic training here for the Air Force, we're also represented at Fort Benning, Georgia, Fort Jackson, South Carolina, Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri for the Army. Uh, The Navy, we're up at uh, Great Lakes, Illinois. Uh, And then we have the Marines covered at Paris Island, South Carolina, and San Diego, California. So we're Really, really fortunate to have representation there to provide some evangelistic training uh, and spiritual training for these young recruits all over the country. And you think of the impact um, that we're having. Yes. Just this morning at Lackland alone, over 100 recruits coming to Christ. In fact, I think the number was 128. Yes, exactly. Um, made first-time decisions for Christ. Now you multiply that across the other gateway locations, and we're seeing literally hundreds of recruits across all the services coming to faith in Christ for the very first time and the impact that's not only having on them but on their families, on communities, yeah. and on the military overall. It's pretty amazing. It is. It's so mind-boggling. So and to think not only of the decision to trust Christ but then the opportunity to nurture them and help them grow and establish a strong foundation for, for growth and discipleship, it, it really becomes something that's just really one of the most amazing uh, close-kept secrets of ministry around the world. But what about the, um, besides Gateway, what other 
areas? Are you on ships that yeah. are out in the oceans and that sort of thing, or what are we doing? Not specifically, no, but in addition to the seven gateway locations, we're also at ten operational bases. So we're at Fort Bragg, North Carolina, Fort Hood, Texas. We're up in the national capital area, Washington, D.C., where my wife and I are from. Uh, we've also got our staff at Hampton Roads, Virginia area, San Diego, California, San Antonio, Phoenix, uh, Great Lakes, again, Pensacola, and Fort Sam Houston, uh, just down the street from, from Lackland. So we're in a number of uh, these key operational locations. So the handoff would be from the gateway, from the basic training locations, to the operational locations where you can help these uh, young airmen, uh, sailors, Marines, and soldiers continue on their spiritual journey for Christ. Wow. And Gee, then in addition amazing. to that, we also have staff at uh, two academies, the Naval Academy in Annapolis and the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs. Right. Now, how about, are, does it come under the uh, crew military uh, organizational, what is being done with uh, with uh, ROTC programs, both at high school level and college levels, or is that something that coordinates through the student venture, the high school, and through the campus ministries? Are, are you part of that, or are you directing that as well, or... Because we that seems not. to be a really important part, getting these young men and women as they come out of uh, ROTC. They go right into officer school. Sometimes they go into West Point or you know the Naval Academy or out in Colorado, the Air Force Academy. Uh, finding leaders in that way, that's an amazing thing. Is that part of what you do? or Not yet, but we do have coordination with a sister ministry under crew called Valor. Uh-huh. And Valor works with the ROTCs and various universities and colleges around the country. It's part of the campus ministry. Correct. Yeah. Well, that's an exciting development as well. It really is. Well, what makes you excited, Keith, about particularly, and I, I know you have a personal passion. Uh, you've lived it. You've been there, and you love these men and women in uniform. And you understand their culture and so on. I, I realize and understand the personal connection, but in terms of, let's say, strategic thinking, uh, in some way, what, what makes – the military community is something that you're really thrilled and excited about as a part of contributing to helping to reach the whole world with the message of the gospel. How, what kind of special contribution would you think the military community has to offer? Well, I think the military as a profession is one of the most revered um, vocations in the country. I mean, people have a tremendous amount of respect and admiration for those serving in uniform. Mm-hmm. And so I think to the extent that we can help strengthen them, and uh, strengthen their families, uh, you know, with the gospel mm-hmm. is a very good thing. Uh, what we're seeing, however, is that the military is being tested right now, and many are living in hopelessness and despair. Roughly two out of three military marriages are unraveling. We know that one out of five veterans right now struggle with post-traumatic stress or combat trauma issues, and 22 veterans a day are taking their lives mm-hmm. around the country. By the time your radio broadcast is over, Soapy, chances are at least one veteran will have taken their life. Uh, So we see this as a very strategic and important opportunity to dispense hope to them with biblical resources, with tools, with encouragement, certainly with the gospel, to, to help them. To, to get through this difficult period. Some very unique, uh, some very unique, uh, problems and challenges to military people and military families. Uh, and that's something besides just the, the overview that you've given us of the ministry perspective. You, we also minister specifically. There are teams developing tools and working uh, in the area of post, um, uh, 
post-traumatic syndromes and uh, post-combat uh, problems that men and women might have from all the different branches. And also, if I remember correctly, the, the military marriages. And you're working together with our Family Life Ministry, with Dennis Rainey and that team, to, to help bring resources to strengthen military marriages and the military families. Uh, can Anything you could add to what we're doing in that area, maybe some details that might helpful, be helpful? Sure, sure. Um, with the Family Life uh, Partnership, uh, we're encouraging uh, troops and their spouses to attend a Family Life Weekend to Remember conference. Uh, you can go to familylife.com and get more information about that. Uh, but anybody who is currently serving active, Guard or Reserve uh, has the opportunity to attend a weekend to remember for free. Registration is free. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. That's a $300 value right there. And so they can attend any weekend to remember being conducted around the country at absolutely no cost. Uh, there will be a cost if they stay in a hotel, obviously, uh, and they're encouraged uh, to attend a getaway at the hotel that will be hosting the event. But uh, registration is absolutely free. Hmm. And we've seen tremendous results from... Uh, military couples going to the Family Life Weekend to remember we've seen marriages saved, couples attending uh, on the verge of divorce and changing their mind and finding great hope uh, from the weekend experience uh, to to others who want to get plugged into small group couple studies called Home Builders. And, uh, and it's just a great tune-up for a marriage wherever you're at. Well, San Antonians uh, are familiar with that. We've had two San Antonio conferences every year since late 80s. Uh, it's a real prime location. People love to come to San Antonio uh, with the Alamo City and all of the things we have here to show and the, and the beautiful weather and the beautiful city, the river walk and so on. So we get a lot of folks coming to our marriage um, weekend to remember conferences and uh, a lot of our military personnel as well. Now, you work closely with the chaplains in the bases across the U.S. in doing that as well. The chaplains can find a great deal of resources from crew military, if I understand as well. Yes, that's correct, and uh, we enjoy wonderful relationships and partnerships with chaplains around the country on various bases and installations, and, and really we minister at the invitation of the chaplain. Uh, so it's very important, very strategic for us to, to work as closely with the chaplain as we can. Well, before our time is gone, just in getting to know you, uh, Keith, and hear about you and Sharon and what you're doing and your new leadership of this great ministry. Uh, for Military City USA, this is just so exciting to hear. Uh, many of our listeners I know have military background and family members who served here and overseas. Uh, we have a very special project I want to mention. It's our spiritual fitness guide that is being developed. It's a tremendous material or material resource that we'll be giving to all of the basic trainees as they go through the different uh, gateway ministries, and it, it will be a tremendous tool to minister to our uh, military personnel in all the branches across the U.S. Uh, tell us a little bit about that spiritual fitness guide, and, and I want to ask our listeners tonight to make a spirit, a, a financial commitment to help support us in this project of putting a really great spiritual resource, a Bible-based spiritual resource, into the hands of our military personnel and families. Tell us a little bit about the SFG as it's come to be known. Thank you, Sophie. Yeah, I'd be honored to tell you about it. It's our newest resource. Again, it's called the Spiritual Fitness Guidebook, and we have a soldier version for the Army, an airman version for Air Force, sailor and Marine for Navy and Marine, uh, respectively. They are and a beautiful piece of material. I have one, the, the uh, prototype for the Air Force, and it's just beautiful, incredible amount of resources and guides for different areas of, of human life, uh, military or otherwise, 
but what what is it about it that kind of makes you excited about uh, this as a resource that we have to offer? Well, essentially, it helps uh, one of our troops develop their spiritual journey and uh, introduces them to uh, the gospel, how to have a relationship with Christ, uh, helps them to grow in their faith and, and gaining knowledge about the Bible, um, explains what spiritual warfare is all about. It talks about resilience and so on. Let me just read some of the, the titles in this pocket-sized resource that can go in a, a troop's cargo pocket in his uniform. Uh, bulletproof Faith, How to Know That Christ Is In Your Life, How to Be a Disciple and How to Be Filled by the Holy Spirit, What Is the Bible, How to Know Your Enemy and Spiritual Warfare, Can a Christian Be a Warrior, Dealing with Tough Times. Wow, those, those are great themes. Yes, and so we think it's a comprehensive guide that uh, that any of the services can use for evangelistic Sunday school classes, which are staff get to participate in at the various gateway locations. Right, and, exactly. Uh, really help these uh, troops get anchored in their faith and help them throughout their spiritual journey. Well, if our folks want to participate and help us, the the, the, the material is developed. The, the, it's brought together beautifully. It's a beautiful booklet that is presented for each of the branches. Uh, what kind of gift would be helpful? A $25, a $50 gift? What? Tell us how far that might go in this, in this particular project. Well, we estimate that each one of these kits will cost probably around $3 a piece. Uh, but we need to purchase a large volume uh, of these spiritual fitness guidebooks. And so uh, we're asking God to help us to raise $10,000 that would help fund publication of these spiritual fitness guidebooks for all of our gateway locations for the year. All right, so, hang on just right there. I'm going to come back. We're going to talk and visit about five minutes more after the break, all right? Okay. We'll be right back, folks. This is the Bible Life Quiz Show. Shelton, with offices at Loop 410 and Broadway, has taken care of the Dollar family, that's Suzanne and me, plus our three children, for the past 25 years. Suzanne, tell the folks about our dentist. Well, like you say, Dr. Shelton is a dentist for a lifetime. He's got the latest technology. He's busy, but I've never had to wait. And I never dread going to the dentist. In fact, he and his staff are so personable that I actually rather enjoy it. Go to drshelton.com or call 590-7878. Well, Elizabeth and I went to Express Lube, and our experience was fabulous. We got in and out of there in literally 20 minutes. When we went to work, we had got our oil done before. It could take us two hours. The service was very friendly. You can really trust them. They were super courteous. They vacuumed out the entire front of the car, which was surprising. I didn't very expect nice. to receive that kind of service. And their name is their game. Express Lube is accurate for the name of their store. And with 23 stores, there's an Express Lube near you. I want you to meet my friends at the Laptop Specialist. Pioneers since 1982 in serving the military, business, and personal computing needs of our city. Our ministry depends a lot on our computers. And whether it's repairs, service, upgrades, or even the purchase of a new machine, the James family and their great staff keep our equipment working, freeing us to do what we're called to do. Go to the laptopspecialist.net or call 344-4563. 344-4563 for their two locations. The Laptop Specialist, Nature's Factor Carpet Cleaning Expert, Shayla James. 
What makes Nature's Factor better than the older carpet cleaning processes? Older systems saturate your carpet, leaving your space unusable, sometimes for up to a day because of their long dry times, plus leaving you with the risk of fungus and the dangerous chemicals left in your carpet. With Nature's Factor, our quick dry time makes your home or office space usable almost immediately, while our green solutions eliminate the possibility of fungus and are perfectly safe for your children and pets. Nature's Factor, carpet cleaning for the 21st century, 831-3535. Hi, this is Baron Wiley, and March 16th, 2000, was one of the greatest days of my life. That was one of ten days when I went to the Holy Land. One of ten days where I walked where my Savior walked, where I boarded a boat and floated through the Sea of Galilee, stood on the Mount of Olives where Jesus prayed, walked through the Kidron Valley like Jesus did when he went up to Jerusalem. I touched the Western Wall and looked up to the sky and prayed where millions have been praying to God 24-7 for over 2,000 years. I stood where King David stood, where he overlooked the old city. And on that spot, on March 16, 2000, I proposed to my future wife, Shan, the most life-changing, unforgettable week of my life. My dear friend, join Alistair Begg, KSLR listeners like yourself and other believers the week of October 24, 2015, and experience Israel with Genesis Tours. Travel with comfort and ease. Stay in four- and five-star hotels, and it's so true you will never read the Bible the same way again. Experience Israel this fall. All the details at kslr.com. I'm forgiven because you were forsaken, Lord. I'm accepted. You were condemned. You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Your spirit is... Reminds me of that passage that Jesus said, "Greater love has no man than who would he who would lay down his life for his brother." And uh, of course, the greatest example of that is in our Savior Himself, the Lord Jesus, the Messiah. And uh, of course, we are now called to. He says, "As the Father sent me, so send I you." We are to lay our lives down in service and ministry to others. And uh, that's what our guest tonight, for this first segment of our program, has been come to the point of doing in his own life and ministry. His name is Keith uh, Morgan. He is the colonel, retired colonel of the United States Army, 26 years active duty, and he is now the new national director for crew military ministries across the U.S., and I'm so excited to be able to introduce him to you folks. He's my boss now. He, as you know, Suzanne and I have been working with Campus Crusade and crew military, crew, uh, crew ministries for over 40 years and here and around the world, and these last years, the last six or eight years of our lives, we've really been focused in on helping our ministry there at uh, on the air bases and on the Army base here in San Antonio, a team of staff are working with all the different uh, bases here in our city. But uh, Keith is our new director. We're excited to introduce you to him. And he's been talking about a spiritual resource called the Spiritual Fitness Guide, which is a uh, We've been using a lot of different diverse materials, Keith, haven't we, that we pull together and give to our trainees and give to military personnel. But what this has done is consolidate a lot of those resources into one wonderful uh, spiritual fitness guide. It's very much in a, in a military format as, as many of the uh, guides and many of the helps that are given to the military community. They have that same format. 
And uh, this is a tremendous little material, and we're hoping to raise help raise $10,000 that would help us to get that material. It's produced, it's compiled, it's edited. We just need to get it now produced and, and distributed to our ministry sites and get it into the hands of men and women across the nation, around the world. And um, so we're hoping that our our listeners here in Military City, USA, would you join us, folks? Would you join us with a gift uh, to Crew Military that would help us to produce this material? Uh, the the finances that you give will be used for that project. They don't go to anyone's salaries. It's not a we're a high percentage of ninety percent plus will go directly to the project itself. So I wanted you to know that. And uh, Keith, tell us a, any final words about the spiritual fitness guide, and 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 we'll tell them how specifically they can pro- send their gift. Either here, they could send it to here locally to us here at PO Box eighteen eight eighty eight, and you can just listen to the rest of the program. And we give our uh, address at the beginning at the end of the program as well. Or they can go to crewmilitary.org, dot uh, org, crewmilitary dot org, and they can give the gift there uh, via the internet with their credit cards or to uh, thebiblelive.com, which is parked there on the Crew Military. It's parked on the Crew Military server, and you can go to the Bible Live and give your gift at that place. But we want to encourage you folks to think about and pray about. I don't think there's another project where your, your giving buck you would get more bang uh, in terms of reaching men and women for the uh, in the name of the, the, the true and living God, the God of the Scriptures, in the name of Jesus the Messiah, it can really have a great impact, a direct impact in thousands of lives and um, lives that we all care about, the men and women who serve in our United States military. Uh, I want to leave the last word with you, Keith, to tell, talk to our folks and maybe share with them anything that comes to your mind about uh, how important this project might be to our military people. Well, I think this is going to be a great resource. We're very excited about it, as Sophie said. I think this will probably have an exponential impact on helping us to advance the gospel, not just through the gateway locations, but to impact the global military community. So we greatly appreciate any gift that you can provide to help us get this project started. Um, as I said before, we're thinking it's going to cost around $3 per guide to publish. So don't think about providing just enough for X number of guides, but think of it as funding a platoon of soldiers, of 30 soldiers, for example, your $100 would help us to share the gospel through this spiritual fitness guide to 100 troops or to a detachment of 150 airmen. A $500 gift would help us to advance the gospel to 150 in that specific Air Force detachment. And not only the gospel message in and of itself explained and, and, and with all of its detail and all of its applications to our life, but so many specific resources for our military personnel, those who, who deal with family stresses and difficulties in a unique way, and also the post-traumatic syndromes and the, 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 the things that they have to deal with as military personnel in, the, in this time and day, this era especially. And this spiritual fitness guide has resources and input, and, of course, connections and contact with the ministry across the nation that will really change a lot of lives. So, folks, if you would consider that, please go to uh, our website. You could go to Crew Military, C-R-U, Military, CrewMilitary.org, or you can go to TheBibleLive.com. The Bible Live, uh, we, any of the gifts that you give there will pass on directly to this project. Or you can mail in your gift as well to... Uh, Crew Military, 
Crew Military, P.O. Box 18888, P.O. Box 18888. In other words, a one followed by four eights in San Antonio, Texas, Seven eight two and what else? Seven eight two one eight, right? The, all of those eights in there. So I hope that you will take one of those uh, methods, one of those ways. Uh, if you have any more questions, you can always call me, Soapy Dollar, here in the city. I'll be glad to answer any questions or explain to you. Maybe a Sunday school class, or maybe your your church would like to help with this project. It's a far-reaching, um, life-changing, really resource that will be made available that our staff and our volunteers will use across the land and. Uh, reaching to a really ripe harvest field of our United States military personnel. Keith, thank you so much. Give a big hug to Sharon for us. Thank you, Soapy. Thanks for coming and spending time with us here in San Antonio and giving our team a great deal of encouragement just to be able to meet you. And uh, you, you do so great in representing the ministry and uh, your skills. God has been preparing you for this moment, and we're going to be excited to follow your lead through the next coming years. Thank you, Soapy. God bless you and Suzanne. All right, friend. Take care now. All right now. Bye-bye. All right. Thank you, folks, for taking the time to listen tonight, and I hope you've enjoyed meeting Keith. Uh, this is a remarkable individual, and um, uh, just uh, to see God at work. This this city of San Antonio, I, I've been around long enough here in the city and been involved in ministry and working with so many different pastors and churches and congregations through these years now, these decades in our city this, San Antonio is just one of those remarkable cities, our sleepy little town, as some people call it. We, uh, you would not be, you would be amazed, folks, at the number of ministries, powerful ministries that emanate, uh, not only taking place here in our city, but that emanate from San Antonio to points and to countries all around planet Earth. Uh, it's an exciting thing to know many of the women, men and women who help take the gospel around the world. And San Antonio, it, we, we should be so proud and happy that God has given us a, a city with a vibrant uh, believers, vibrant followers uh, of Christ, and uh, who are actively trying to serve and help people and, and minister the gospel uh, to people around the world. And it's thrilling. Just this week, in fact, I, uh, I, one of our volunteers out at Lackland, is a retired military personnel as well, a medical in the medical field. He helps teach the, these young trainees every week. But his wife is a is a heart surgeon, and has gone over repeatedly into uh, into Mongolia, to Kazakhstan, to all of these these many of these nations, uh, Arab Muslim nations, and going over and and exercising her gift in medicine with children. Uh, they just she just got back for two or three weeks in uh, in. Kyrgyzstan, or one of the stands, I guess, one of the countries there, and and uh, they operate. I think she said forty children that they were able to do uh, heart surgery on and to deliver them and help. Can you imagine given doing that in the name of the Lord Jesus and people knowing it and understanding what better, what more powerful mission point uh, can they have than their going and serving and loving those families and those children in those different countries? So it's an exciting thing right out of San Antonio. And, of course, the military is a big part of a lot of that. So if you can give a gift, we appreciate you giving us a call. Or you can, as I said, send it to crewmilitary.org. Or you can just give it at the website at thebiblelive.com. Or you can just mail it to P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas, 78218. If you didn't catch the address there, you can get it at the end of the program. My daughter, Stacy will give that address to you as well as we go out in our outro. Well, let's get back to the Bible Live format that we're normally in at this time. 
We are Jacob's in the studio with me. Interesting guy, Jacob, right? This oh, fellow. listen, I vote for him. You know, it's interesting to me. I didn't talk about it during the interview, but here in the book of Chronicles, we That's see it. That's probably because it was an interview to him. That's right. <laughs> and I and I stifled my instincts yeah. to uh, talk about all these things. But uh, in talking about military ministry, it's always been fascinating to me how central, how integral a part military and military uh, uh, willingness to battle and do battle has been a part of uh, how it's figured into the revelation of God, the biblical revelation that God has given of himself. Almost all the Bible heroes and the great Bible leaders, almost all of them had a certain, uh, had a military aspect to their lives. The, I remember Abraham, remember he had to fight that battle and, and took and, and uh, chased down those guys, those marauders who came and kidnapped his nephew Lot. He chased them down. He had to do battle. He had to be a warrior. And, of course, so many others we can think about, Abraham and and uh, who else? I think of all David, almost all of the, the personnel uh, in the Old Testament and, and on into the New Testament. The military figured predominantly. I guess it's – is that because military has always been a part of human life and experience or – uh, that's probably above my pay grade. <laughs> well, remember Jesus. The, I, I remember him saying that, uh, the, who did he say? This guy has the greatest faith of anyone I've seen in all of Israel. And it wasn't the priest. It wasn't one of the rabbis. It wasn't uh, a Levite. Uh, it wasn't one of the disciples. Uh-huh. It was a Roman centurion, a military yeah. personnel. Uh-huh. And, uh, and, and, and just last week we were talking about this fellow Cornelius uh-huh. in the book of Acts. And the centurion you're talking about that Jesus said, said had the greatest faith? Uh-huh. What was he doing that made Jesus say that? What was he yeah, doing? I always find that those things interesting to explore. Well, for let me see if I can remember the story. All he right, had a yes. servant. His servant was ill. Uh-huh. He had asked Jesus to ah, come. Wait, yes. He asked Jesus to come uh-huh. to his home. Uh-huh. That figures into what you said about yes, how it's it against does. the law for yes, Jesus. To, uh-huh. But Jesus was on his way to his home, and the guy came in and, and caught him and said, uh-huh. you know, I don't even need to come to my home. You just say the word, and I know my servant will be healed. And I, uh-huh. That is pretty phenomenal faith. Yes. And Jesus mentions that. And right. he said the word, and his servant was healed. Okay. But what was he doing that you're – did I get well, the right answer or yes. not? yes. And there's no doubt that he came to Jesus. That story is absolutely there. And his servant. Tell me who his servant might have been. Ooh, you guys always have this background information that's always intriguing to me. Well, who might could, his servant Could have we agree been? that more than likely his servant was a Jew? Wouldn't be implausible. Uh-huh. So you see, let's assume that it is because it certainly was a conquered country. Jew. Some of the limited employment they could find was working for the Romans. Making sense. And yeah. uh, so if it's a Jew, now was it a man or a woman? Uh, if I remember correctly, it was a young man, uh, a male, right? Well, I'm asking you. Come on, give me a little help here. Well, you're putting the Bible Live uh, host on, on trial here. Uh, it was a young man, I believe. I think I'm you're certain right. of that. But uh, it's fair to know and assume that he was Jewish. That wouldn't have been Timothy or Titus or one of those, uh, would it? No, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think it was a famous guy. Oh, okay. But it was this. It was he recognized Jesus. And what did Jesus say in Matthew? On my left hand and my right hand, I'll put the sheep and the goats. And he's talk, and he talk, he's talking to the nations, and the Romans certainly were one of the nations. Mm-hmm. And he says, "I will remember who was nice to the Jews and who was not." 
That would be a frightening thing. I can always imagine Hitler getting to heaven. He shows up in heaven, and there's this Jew sitting up there in front of him <laughs> saying, Okay, why don't you explain this all to me? <laughs> yeah, you know, you had some of my friends there, and you didn't treat them real nice. Tell, explain that to me. Oh, excellent. Interesting, interesting. All of that is good, but I've, my point was that how military and military life is a part of the human experience, and and we we have admired through you know, David and his mighty men, uh, his thirty mighty men, and other great warriors, and uh, all the kings of Israel, and so on. Uh, it's always been a part of human life and experience. And uh, I, I'm so excited and thrilled with this part of our life and ministry, where we're kind of, in a sense, giving back to these men and women who, in a servant heart, have given their lives to serve our country, to put their lives in in uh, harm's way. For our sakes, and I admire them. I appreciate them. I'm getting to know more and more about their culture, uh, the life that they live, the life of servant, uh, of service to others, and uh, it really is an exciting thing. I hope that you will join us, and we're going to keep that project out in front of you, folks, for the coming weeks. Hopefully, you will be able to come up and, and give a, a gift uh, of some size to help with the spiritual fitness guides that we're putting together to serve our military personnel. Well, let's go to our questions. All of them come. From the book of Chronicles, First Chronicles, chapters five through twenty-four, and you're a lot of these, a lot of the book of the Chronicles centers around. Well, I would say not not all of it by any means, but a pretty good amount of it talks about genealogies. It's about uh, this one begat that one, begat that one, begat that one, and this family came from this family, and kind of remember now Ezra is giving who we think is the compiler of this selected history. And, of and the Jews agree with that, yes. He is he is giving a, a history of Israel that kind of helps these returning exiles from the Babylonian exile, helps them remember who they are, their heritage, their legacy, and uh-huh. their connection to uh, the, as the covenant people of God, to the covenant that they had through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to serve the Lord, to follow Sometimes the Lord. Sometimes they didn't do so well on their side of the covenant, but yeah. God kept his part. But it's there. He kept his. And, uh, and so he's reminding them, and therefore you have these genealogies, uh-huh. helping people reconnect with their backgrounds and well, who they let's, are. May I? I want to come back, and I don't want to take this out of context. Sure. But would you be kind enough? Do you have a New Testament with you? I do. Well, I knew you would. <laughs> I just knew you would. Uh-huh. Would you be so kind, and we'll only do this one verse if it's okay, and All then right. we'll jump right back here to the genealogies. I have a point. Okay. <laughs> Is there a point to this? There's oh, yeah. Okay. Where, I, I'm, Look I'm, Luke, all, I'm Luke, all fingers here. Okay, Luke twenty four twenty seven. Okay. And would you be kind enough to illustrate for our, our audience your reading ability oh that i can read right luke well no, i know you can read i'm just so impressed with the eloquence <laughs> of your voice does it have any hard to pronounce names in it that's i think not luke 24 27 just that one scripture yeah, right now, now read it with meaning and make dramatic mm. pauses where they ought to be oh i like this i verse. Knew I would, would i'd love to have been here for this bible uh, study uh-huh. then well, jesus you are i'm there here we are then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Okay, now. Wow, wouldn't you like to be there for that? Yeah, but I want you to notice something. He didn't say what year. He didn't say, oh, in 1967. He didn't say in 1492. He started with a man's name, and whose name was it? It starts with an M. 
<laughs> Come on, Soapy, where is it? Uh, I'm looking for it. Is uh, it in this text? Yeah, Moses. Oh, the writing. Oh, sure, yeah. Okay. Jesus took them, Jesus took them through the writings of Moses, okay, now, the Torah, now look, and all the prophets. What he's doing is he's talking. He didn't say the year. Like when you're talking to the gentleman from Crew, and I asked you before the show, well, who started it? You said a gentleman named Bill Bright, and another guy named Douglas is now in charge. You told me about the people, not the, the importance, was their actions and the people, who they are and what they did, not about the years. The Bible is concerned with people. Not the years. For our purposes, we always want to say, well, what year was that? The Bible says, I want you to know about the person. So the genealogies are teaching about the person, their life, their events. They want you to understand the person. That's the purpose of the genealogies, as we call them in English. And the verse I had you read, Jesus began. He didn't say, hey, did you know in uh, the Torah was given, the Ten Commandments, did you know it was given in... 2,448, by the way, that is the correct date. But he didn't start off with that. He talks about the man, and then he tells the man and the prophets. He tells their names. You see, it's about people. That's why in the Bible it says, In the year of David, when he is in the seventh year, it wants you to understand about people. People are what matters. I love that. And you I'm have earned you have earned your keep for the night. You've given the reason that we keep you on here. Yeah. You. That is worth its weight in gold there. That, that, just that truth. Because some people have always asked, why are these genealogies, you know, all of these people, you know, and, uh, and I've always thought, well, the genealogies is a reminder of that fact that mm-hmm. God, God works through real people. And it's not just shining examples, great, wonderful people. Sometimes they're, they're mess ups and people who kind of real losers and, mm-hmm. and people who, don't do too well. And if you just told me the year, I know the year, but I don't know about the person. The story of the person and what God did in his life. That, that's, that is an no. exciting thought. And, and since we're going to do some questions, uh-huh. uh, do you just want to go into some of the chronicle questions? Because there's one in particular that addresses exactly what we're talking okay, about. Okay, give me the number and I'll it's, circle it. It's down in your, your chronicles a little bit. It's your number 16. Okay. And it's David ordered... Yoha, uh, Joab in English, uh, to his military. Yeah, it'd be better if you didn't speak Hebrew to oh, us. Now okay. we're just. I understand. We are. I really today. like Joab, by the way. I, oh, you do. Oh, I like. I, he's a messy guy. Oh, he's the hero that kept David in power. But you, we'll talk you, about this more. Oh, okay. Uh, David ordered Joab, his military commander, to do something which displeased the Lord and brought judgment on all Israel. What was it? Answer. 21-1. Now, if you'll be so kind to have somebody call in and tell us the answer in 21-1, we can then discuss everything <laughs> and tie it into Matthew that we just, I'm sorry, Luke you read, and everything we just talked somebody about. Somebody do us a favor and come in and release the passion that is within Jacob tonight to talk about Joab and this, what is it? That Joab, uh, David ordered Joab and his military commanders to do. Uh, what is it that David ordered them to do that displeased the Lord and brought judgment on the whole nation of Israel? What was it? It's found in First Chronicles chapter 21, verse 1. And you would do us all a favor if you'd call in and answer that question so that we can get Jacob to give us this background information he's so And it excited. will tie into what we read in Luke. 
and what we just talked about about the names. It's very, very, very important. And for the first time, it will explain exactly what the problem with the census was and why God could do a census. But if David he did, did it, he didn't it was say a that. He didn't say that. Uh, you didn't hear him say that. I did. That was the uh, the, the what did. David order his military commit Joab. Oh, I see. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't say that. I did not say that. What was okay, it? Mike's online. Let's, hey, let's, Mike. Let's, let's Mike. I think begs to differ. I think Mike thinks that he did hear you say uh, that. Hi, Mike. How are I, you? I did hear him say something. Oh, I messed up. I'm I so, heard it. Oh well, we're so okay. I know that you knew it anyway, though, Michael. I know you. That's okay. Yeah. Okay. I love Joab too. What? What? Oh, you're my kind are, of guy. You know oh, what? Gosh. Okay, you guys might change. You might end up changing my mind about him, but boy, he, this if, guy was. If I had enough money, I, and I've told other people this, I would make a movie about Joab, and I'd call it Joab. You know, you may have a good instinct there. Uh, I wish we had a Joab today. By the way, our... <laughs> Michael has just jumped to like a hundred points in my book because he likes Joab. Okay, now oh, what? Thanks. What did uh, David order Joab to do that displeased the Lord? Well, he ordered him to take a census. Census uh, to try to to gauge the military might of the Israeli nation. And why did that displease the oh, Lord? Did you hear what he said? Did you? Do you did really? he say it just? Well, he it, said it, it exactly. God right. because Michael is good. Even Joab knew David don't do this. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. And he called them Israelis. But I, I don't think I've really. I've always wondered what was wrong. So wrong with that? You know, why was that wrong? Uh, and I think most of us Gentiles, I mean, I'm, I I don't know that we know inherently. Now I know because I've been listening to Jacob uh, for long enough to I kind of got a clue from the, the, the Hebrew understanding of the scripture and the Hebrew background. But uh, for a long time, it was a great mystery to me, Michael, about because I never I never I never saw that command in the Bible that said you well, shall not take a census. That, that's the confusing thing that in numbers, uh, oh, it was he's got, okay to Michael, take the census. Michael, but, you're good. <laughs> but, oh, thanks. Numbers what? He's right. Was he, wrong. Michael was 100% right. It was wrong this time because it was time to give 100% um, dependence on God. Numbers what? Did you just say? I, I don't know. The book it's, of uh, that's okay. Listen, you're so good, I'm going to consider it an honor to give you a boost. <laughs> oh, thank it's, you. Uh, you'll find it in Numbers chapter 1. Numbers chapter 1. Okay. Then he's, this is his explanation as to why. Because I've never, I always thought, well, what's so bad about taking a census? And later, uh, there are times when God actually God does a census. It. God says, okay, David, take a census. Yeah. Now, and here, when David does it on his own, it's not correct, right? Well, we also we often think, well, it was because he was depending on the military instead well, of on perhaps, the Lord and all. But perhaps the Bible, written in black and white, would give us some insight. You think so? I think. All right. All right. Michael, <laughs> I want to talk with you some more because I am really impressed. He's with through you. with me, oh, Michael. Thank you, you, you won his heart tonight. He's I'm through in, with me. I'm impressed by the crew, national leader, and yeah. you arrived to to save the to save the day too. And, I'm going to keep quiet. All right. He's a great guy. He really is. Now, let's, uh, Sophie, do you have your uh, 21-1 available? Michael, do you want to uh, hang up and listen by the radio, or do you want to stay on the line with us? Oh, uh, it's hard to listen on the the telephone, so I'll hang up. Okay. 
Thank you for calling. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, and when we come back, I can't believe it. Another segment has already gone. Oh, so I can. You're gonna have to wait. You're gonna have to wait till after a couple of minutes in the, to our our sponsors, and then you're gonna tell us uh, about this census thing, why it was so wrong, and um, kind of unscrew the inscrutable for us. Okay, well, it's really not that hard. Oh, it's not inscrutable. Well, folks, you can give us a call just like Michael did three four zero. 9585 if you'd like to answer any of those questions from our readings this past week in the book of First Chronicles. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Who am I that the Lord of all the earth would care to know my name would care to feel my hurt You're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. That the bright and morning star would choose to light the way for my ever wandering heart. Not because of who I am, but because of what you've done. Not because of what I've done, but because of who you are. We are back. This is the Bible Live Quiz Show, and we are deeply involved now with this question about this census that we read about in the book of 1 Chronicles, chapter 21. Michael called in with the answer that David ordered Joab and his military commanders to take this census to count the number of warriors of warrior age in the people of Israel. He asked them to do that census and that displeased the Lord and brought judgment on all of Israel. Very interesting judgment, by the way. In a, in a sense, God says, uh, David, go in the backyard and pick out your, a branch that you want me to give you a spanking with. In other words, he, he gave him three choices of how the punishment that he would like to have. And I find that really, really fascinating. This was very, it was a lot of consequence to this. 70,000 people lost their lives because of the decision to take this census. We're told there in the book of First Chronicles, it's, it's very far-reaching and a very serious matter, but I don't guess I, for the longest time I don't think I really quite understood well, would you do what was so wrong with it. Jacob's going to explain. Well, it Well, actually, I'm going to ask something from you first. All right. Now I know Harold's online, so Harold, hang on just a moment. Now look at twenty-one one. Would you read the actual what it says in twenty-one one instead okay, of I'm, talking instead of talking about the census? Let's look at what it says. You're talking about First Chronicles, right? Uh, well, that's yeah. I know. I was back in Luke where you told me to go a while ago. You got me going all over the Bible these uh, days. That, that's okay. kind of cool. Well, now I'll go back and look. Twenty First Chronicles twenty-one one. And what does it actually say? This version says. Satan rose up against Israel ah. and caused David to uh-huh. take a census of uh-huh. the people of Israel. Now, you see, David, what it's telling us is something about God, about Satan. It's telling us about David. So what's going on is it says Satan rose up against Israel and incited David. Now, why would it do this? This is why. Because we find in the Torah, in the book of Numbers, Primarily, it's other couple of the places, but chapter one, it tells us how Jews are to be counted. You do not count people are never. And this not just applies to Jews. It should account to all people. People never to be reduced to numbers. Never reduced to a number. That's why Nazi Germany they understood. That's why they tattooed the numbers on Jews' arms. They became numbers. So the point is, is what's going on, is. 
he counted people. He counted people. And when you go back and you read in the book of Numbers, you'll find that God said this. You have everybody give a half shekel. A half shekel. And then you count the item, the half shekels, and you know how many people you have. That way you're, you as a human being are counting an item with a number, not a human being. Therefore, this ties into what we talked in Luke 24:27, and the idea of people's names. People have names. Items don't. If mm. you take the number from an item and apply it to a person, you're not recognizing the humanity and the majesty and the fact the image of God in the person. You're recognizing them only as what they can do for you and only as reduction to a number. And you're not connected to the purposes of God, which the temple tax or this temple, this this half of what shekel, that was connected to God's work and what I, I like it in a way. It's got well, a lot of applications. Let me, give, you, think let me give our listeners another verse where they can uh, find something to help them. How would that be? That'd be great. Uh, um, it's what we're here for, right? Um, um, so, anyway. if that's not from Jesus, tell them they have to call back later. Well, that's right. I'm, I apologize about that. <laughs> I can't believe it. I've been oh. waiting a long time to say that. Yeah, I've heard uh, some black preachers use that when a cell phone goes off during the service. They say, "If that's not Jesus, tell them they have to call back." Well, I've heard people talk about Jesus calling. So, yeah, yeah, there is a song about that. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, anyway, what we got here is when. When David was counting, he was counting for numerical purposes and applying numbers to people. When God counts, God knows how many people he has. So when, he tell, when God tells David to count, he does it a certain way. And you'll find um, uh, the, they're supposed to give a half shekel and you count the thing, not mm-hmm. the person. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So people are to be recognized as something different than a thing. So what happens is is when David counts this, he's reducing these people to only numbers. But when God counts them, God knows how many people was there. So why would he ask for a census? It's because of this. I want you to picture, let's say, an old Jewish jeweler who has a bunch of jewels in his little velvet pouch. Oh, that's great. I got it. I got the picture in my mind. Okay, and he, I knew you would. And he spreads out on the counter his velvet cloth. Uh-huh. And he pours his diamonds on there. He uh-huh. knows how many diamonds. It's that dark blue velvet cloth, right? And uh-huh. the diamonds are shining so brightly yes, on it. Yes, that's yeah. right. So going back to the story, um, the, uh, the he, he, he's he got his diamonds. He knows how many diamonds he's got, like God knows how many people he had. Uh-huh. But he's looking at each one and individually as a number, you might say, if you like it that way. He's loving them. It's a guy admiring and loving them as opposed to reducing them to a number. When David's doing it, he's reducing to people to a number. And the idea is that God wants, as it says in the genealogies, uh-huh. we don't say, hey, number one was Adam, number two was Seth. We don't do that. We learn their names. We learn their story. Yes. We learn and their so, life. And this yeah. is exactly what Jesus was doing in Luke when he says to those two guys on the road to Emmaus, he says, hey, I'm going to start with Moses. He's telling you about the person by their name because a name is one of the most personal things you can have about a person. This is why when they would ever they capture the Jews like Daniel and the three uh, three princes they took to uh, Babylon, 
What is the first thing they did? They changed their names. Because if I can order you and change your name, I own you. Mm. If I can't change your name, then I have to recognize who you are. And so the, the difference is, and it's in the Torah, you must count by, you take a half shekels, and then you count the half shekels. That way the n- number is assigned to an item, not to the person. That then, sounds like how we, we used to count the cattle on the ranch where I lived. We count the feet and divide by four. You know, that's sort of just a joke. Not that good a joke, but still. <laughs> Never mind. You're making a serious point, right? No, well, uh, only if you think so. Oh, I think so. Okay, I really let's, do. let's see what Harold's got there. Okay. Harold, you got to take us out of this. Uh, not to laugh. <laughs> yeah. I've been laughing too much over here. All right. Well, we need a little laughter these days, yeah. don't we? Good to talk to you, friend. How you, are you? I, are you floating around somewhere? Are you staying dry? What's the deal? Oh, oh, floating around. You know, speaking of floating around, I met this girl, uh, Samantha Walker. Uh-huh. She's an Allstate agent, and uh, she flew in all the way from uh, Arizona. And I said, just to see me, and she said, no, she's doing some people in the region. But you know, we had our Roof checked and everything was fine and she's, she, she was so professional. Good. And, um, yeah. So well, there, there are a lot of the companies having to send in extra agents and all because of this. Uh, isn't that something how we go from a drought situation to all of a sudden we're, oh Lord, stop the range. You know, we've got, I, I tell you, we're, uh, it's an amazing thing, uh, human yeah, life. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was surprised, you know, they sent her all the way from, uh, Arizona and, you know, she represented herself Excellent and professional. That's great. And the whole state of Arizona, as far as I'm concerned, there's some nice people over there. But anyway, <laughs> um, it's Texas light. So much you know. on my mind tonight. You know, you had mentioned that Jesus phone call. <laughs> that was funny. You know, I was I was laughing, and I know you were trying to wait to use that, but you know, I don't know if this has ever happened to you before, Sophie. But just just real quick, I walked into a, a small little restaurant this weekend. I had my uh, my soapy dollar Bible with me, uh-huh. and as I put it down on the table, this this guy was kind of talking to himself with his little daughter. He was about thirty. I could tell he was irritated, but when he noticed I had my Bible and I set it on the table, he goes, he goes, uh, "Oh, great! Now God's here." <laughs> <laughs> and I went, "Oh my goodness!" That's hilarious. So, I tell you what, I I got a little nervous. I ate one taco. I left. I took the other one to go. You thought and, he was talking uh, about you, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, you know what I felt like? I, you know, I just felt like, you know what? The bush is burning, but it's not being consumed. Oh, my land. So, so I left feeling pretty good, and well, I yeah. think he's going to have a great day after that. Well, I hope so. That's, that's a funny story. It really is. Yeah. Well, good, and, Harold. Well, the thing about the military, I think I need to say something about the military. I'd like to hear your response and your thoughts. Well, yeah, my Uncle Joe said, uh, of course, he was drafted. He was considered an old man back in 1968. He was about 28 years old. And he said, uh, well, Harold, if you don't, if, if people don't believe in God, just join the military. And, uh, no said, atheists in the foxholes, right? Is that what oh, they yeah, yeah. He had, he didn't tell us a lot of stories or anything like that, but I used to see my Aunt Marie, which is his wife, pray every single Sunday in church, give her testimonies, and Joe would send his little uh, videos, not videos, but uh, tape recordings. And um, he had a successful business at that time, and um, he spent his two years in the military, and i tell you what. What branch? Uh, the Army. Uh-huh. And... 
when he came back, I started working with him. He started his company up. It's Camel Painting Incorporated. Uh-huh. And let me tell you what, work for a military man, it was not easy. I had to be in bed at a certain time. He was calling my dad. Disciplined was, folks, was, aren't they? The military culture, there is really such a thing. And uh, highly disciplined and hardworking. Yeah, it's oh, interesting. yeah. 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 And, and before we run out of time here, uh, also I was noticing that you were talking about people now. And that has been on my mind a little bit instead of dates and when things were written and you know what we're talking about uh-huh. people instead of just a random selection of sales. Uh-huh. I got that out of a movie. I like that. I do. Yeah. Oh, I th- you know, there's some some movies coming around now, Harold. It's really interesting to me that a lot of movies are treating transcendent themes. In other words, they're talking about eternity and they're talking about time and they're talking about humanity and I, I, it's just a there's been a a whole lot of them, and I, I wonder if it means anything. Is our culture turning to question, ask well, the important questions? Our culture is getting older, that's for sure. Yeah. At least we are, right? That's true. And that's true. I did see a movie called August Osage uh, County, and with Meryl Streep, uh-huh. and uh, I think I've seen it about three times, and that's some culture in there. That's some life experience yeah. in there. I would. That would be a suggested movie to watch, and maybe you can understand yourself and your parents and grandparents. August, Osage County. Huh. Osage County, and you can see the hardships that your your grandparents and parents went through. And we, when we say we have hardships, we really don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, but, they lived through some pretty tough times. They really did. Yeah, and yeah, they, they did. Really did. You know, A dollar was a dollar, and it meant something. Hey, I appreciate that. Yeah, but You're anyway, uh, can dollar, I ask you a right? question real quick? Sure. Oh, that's good. Soapy Dollar? Yeah, yeah. Soapy Dollar, soapy yeah. Dollar. And Jacob's there. I'm sorry I left him out, but I'm just It's all right. It's all right. Jacob doesn't mind. <laughs> He's been okay. kind of mean to He's a dollar. I, I don't make a sense. Yes. You bet your bottom dollar. That's what my coach used to tell well, me. Well, you said Luke, Luke chapter 24 what? What was that passage 24 in Luke? 24 27. Oh, it was, the, it was when Jesus was talking to the two men. Uh, it wasn't two men. It was a man and his wife, I think, we turned out to be. Uh, and they're talking the about road, Moses. On the road to Emmaus. And he gives them that Bible study from the books of Moses through the prophets He get, to show them what the scriptures talked about him, about, know what said about the Messiah. Is? Yeah, 24, 27. Oh, 24. Uh, you know how we are. We've got to have it written down. That's right. 24, 27. Well, if you got any more calls, I'll let you go. Uh, Thank you. Well, well, we appreciate your calling in. Sure do, okay. Harold. Always good to hear from you. Sure. You take Thank care. You very much. All right. Great, great. What's going on, Jacob? You got something else well, on I, your, You know what I thought's interesting? In I your toolbox? Would you like to do your number 25? I would. Describe, described in chapter 24. Of what? 24 of what? Of First Chronicles. Aha. Uh-huh. Described in chapter 24, the... The system of 24 rotating shifts of priests serving in the temple for two-week periods was still in place hundreds of years later. John the Baptist's father, Zechariah, was on temple duty when told that he and his wife Elizabeth would have a child. Oh, I gave it away, didn't I? We're getting bad at this, Jacob. We really are. What was the name of that... um, of that Levite, what was the name of that priest 
who was on duty, uh, what was it? It says here how many hundreds of years later? Hundreds of years later when uh, when uh, the angel told him that he was going to be the father of John the Baptist. What was the name of that temple Now, priest? why would I pick that question? I have no idea. Well, uh, let's tie it to the same principle or theme. That that's found get. in Luke chapter 1, verses 5 yeah, oh, through there 9. There you go. You see, I was quoting something from Jesus and Matthew. Okay. And he's talking about names. Okay. And the importance of the names. And then I did this one that also talks about something from the book of John. I'm sorry, from Luke. And Luke is chapter 1, verse 5 through 9. Uh-huh. And see, if you will, uh, and I'm not going to give the answer away, but I'll I already it. did that, you know. Well, I, I didn't hear it. Okay. Okay, so it's actually. Then I didn't do it. <laughs> okay, but what it's really doing is, I know it's not listed here, but it's in First Chronicles 24.10. And in 24.10, it actually says, this is the order of the 24 priests. So it says, the seventh to Hakazot, the eighth to, and then in Hebrew, it's Aviyah. I don't know how. Is it Aviyah with a B in your Bible? Uh, let me see. What verse are you looking at? Uh, 10, 24, 10. Okay, it yeah. says, The seventh lot fell to Hakoz. The eighth fell to Ab- Abijah. Abijah. Abijah, we would say. Okay. Abijah, that's how you'd say it in English. Abijah, okay. yeah. Abijah in Hebrew. Abijah, okay. Same, very close. Anyway, but that's the point. Now, the ninth lot fell to Wait, don't Yeshua. Go. Don't go to there. Focus. Oh, so we focus. Take okay. a drink and focus. Discipline. Oh. Okay. Yeah, so you've been we're doing this military stuff here. All right. Okay, but what I want to say is the eighth is the one that ties in, just like I was talking about how it ties into Matthew and Jesus. This ties in to the book of Luke. It's telling you now you know why the importance of the genealogies. Because this is telling you how this guy was picked and his tribe, his section of the Levites, were doing the temple service in Luke chapter 1. So we know what time, we should know, what time of year it occurred because we can determine when his point was. Oh, that's a brilliant little thought. Because the calendar is set up here in in 1 Chronicles 24, right? It tells when they are to serve. And so you're saying that on the basis of this uh, Zechariah being on duty at that time, and we know his, do we know his genealogy? So we know what one of these guys he came from? Yes, yes we do. So therefore we know what time he was serving. Yes, we do. Well, I'll be doggone. So what we're doing is we have learned about, now listen closely if you would. Do you get that, folks? Shake your head out there. You're not listening. (laughs) If you get it. Okay. What we're doing is we're not talking about years, but we're able to discern the years by the names. By the people. So, yeah. And when his assignment occurred. So we have learned the two things tonight that ties in right directly to the New Testament for the Christians. And here what we have learned is we can discern when his period occurred. We therefore know generally during that period when the announcement was made about John going to be born. Because Zechariah was a member of the Abijah clan, the division. Uh, How do we know that? Because it says so in Luke. I hate to point that out to you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I knew the answer. I was just sort of giving you a chance to show up, as I often do. (laughs) Yes, and, and I've often found it helpful. 
<laughs> but um, my point is, is, see, so we tie, I tried to tie in something into the Matthew. Very good, uh-huh. Jacob. And names, and it's not numbers. And then we tie into something here with the name, and it helps tell us the time of year. That's right. It sure does, because they they continue to function even those hundreds of years later. That is so interesting. So we know more or less when the announcement was made to uh, Elizabeth, John and Elizabeth, that, that they were going to have a child. So then we could even think about nine months after that, you know, when John the Baptist was born, and it, we could learn a lot of interesting things about. Well, we're able more to discern details, right? calendar dates by the names. Isn't that interesting? That really is pretty impressive. I, I've never, I would never have fallen uh, onto that and, and gotten that connection. That's why you guys, we need you guys so much. To give us a hint about these scriptures, you, you've been looking at them for hundreds and hundreds of years. We need you to teach us, us who've been grafted in, you know, us Gentiles that uh, we've come into the people of Israel. We're part of it. We need y'all to tell us. That's 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 so important. It really is. That that's beautiful. It really is, Jacob. I appreciate you sharing that with me. That that'll make a difference. Uh, and by using that method, yeah, we sure. know that she was three months pregnant when Jesus was conceived. And so, therefore, we're a- actually able to ascertain dates and months and times. So, J- so John the, the Baptist was by, born? Hold on. Hold that thought. By the names. Okay. That's the importance of the genealogies. John the Baptist now, was please, born three months before Passover. Uh, what? John the Baptist was born three months before Passover, which is three months before Jesus was born, because Jesus was born at Passover. This is absolutely... Correct. Yay! Do I win a prize? <laughs> yes, you do. That's great. I know that we do Christmas and all that, and I understand that, and I'm not in any way diminishing yeah, the oh importance yeah. and enjoyment of the holiday. But we are we are able to discern by the names when this stuff was occurring. And That's this is so why. And why by the names rather than by numbers? Exactly the sin that David fell into. And if you remember in 21.1, it says, Satan incited David. Well, of course. And it's telling us real in court. To place a number on a name is Satan's inspiration, his incitement. Mm-mm-mm. I'll tell you, there's so many jewels and, and gems here in this book called the Bible. Gems? did you say? So fascinating. It really is. Well, Jacob, if you, we, we don't have that much time left. And, I just thought, I heard you say gems. It was sort of like, uh, no, 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 no. I was talking about yeah, the, the rabbi like, or the, the jeweler. That counted as gems? Gems, yeah. yeah. That's like me and my jokes about dollar, right? Yeah. Well, let's go to, as you look at the book, book of Chronicles, how is that book valued among, generally speaking, in the Hebrew, among Jewish people? The book of Chronicles, how is it viewed? Uh, is it, you told me earlier something that some people only value it because you talked about something that... Well, I, I looked up some quite frankly, Christian commentaries before this evening. And I was looking to see how they were taking this thing compared to the Jews. Uh-huh. The Jews consider it very important because it connects the acts of God. And it not only does this, if you look closely, you'll find this. First it goes Adam, then it says Seth. It's counting the ones that lived and had kids. And then when you go down, for example, Judah and Tamar, we all know that horrible mm-hmm, story, huh? Mm-hmm. But it lists those two children. And then one of those two children is the root that... The birth continues, and it picks up. Some people, at times, it will ignore it. But it always gives you the one you are to follow, like a plant, like a grapevine. 
So you follow it, and you follow this grapevine. If I have ten kids, it'll name one that picks up in the next verse. And that's the one I follow. If you learn to do that, you will find Jesus. And if we go back to Luke 24, 27, when he's saying to those two guys, beginning with Moses, he began to explain, if I were a really, really fundamental died-in-the-world Christian, I would want to know what in the world is he explaining, not a bunch of these prophecies, Anybody can do that kind of stuff. I want to know why he's explaining these people and why that would have something to do about him. Mm-hmm. Now, the, and what you call the Old Testament, the Jews call the Tanakh, mm-hmm. they would go back and say, okay, this is the important thing. This is like a grapevine. See, this shoot comes off here. Off here, there's a shoot, and there was ten little shoots, but this one shoot grew the next big shoot, mm-hmm. and we end up. And we know the stories and we learn from each one of the stories some characteristic that should be expected of the Messiah. You see, Ancestry.com has this, you see a leaf. It kind of reminds me of what you're Uh, saying. We see this twig, we see this branch that goes off, tells us about. Yeah, I I, I, I agree, Jacob. It it is very enriching to see it that way. In fact, uh, one of our questions on on this, and, and we don't have time for people to answer it necessarily, but... Uh, if I'm going to read off some names that all come from the book of Chronicles, and frankly, I think it's kind of hopeful. And folks, if you can, if you can recognize and picture and name who these people are, you're, I would say if you can get nine out of ten of them or, you know, an average, you're pretty, you're pretty biblically literate. See how many of these people you remember their story, their life. How about Seth? How about Methuselah? Remember a fellow named Noah? How about three guys named Shem, Ham, and Japheth? How about Peleg, Terah, Abraham, Isaac, Ishmael, Keturah, Jacob or Israel, Esau or Edom, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, Judah? All of those names, as Jacob is saying, they, they bring back stories. They tell us something and stories about God and about His faithfulness. And that's what the Bible is all about. Thanks for joining us. See you next Bible Sunday. Bible Live is dedicated to helping restore the Bible to our culture and is brought to you by Crew Military Ministry. Mailing address is P.O. Box 18888. That's Box 18888. San Antonio, Texas 78218. Hear the entire Bible every year on the Bible Live, weeknights at 930 on this great station. Then join Soapy every Sunday evening at 9 o'clock for fun, inspiration, and valuable prizes on The The Bible Bible Live Quiz Show. Visit our website, BibleLive.com. That's BibleLive.com for more information about Soapy and The Bible Live broadcast. You may also order materials at the website and make tax-deductible donations to help crew military minister to our military personnel and broadcast the entire Bible every year to America and the world.